Okay, welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, episode 41. I am your host, Michael Debs. Joining me is uh, Denko Suvin from the Instagram handle, at DenkDeluz. It is the uh, 30th of April, 2021. Um, John, unfortunately, has been put on administrative leave this week uh, due to saying uh, an insensitive remark about the African-American people. True. Um, so uh, he's he's been suspended without pay, by the way, uh, because we have uh, higher standards than the police do. Um, <laughs> with that out of the way, um, Danko, how have you uh, have you been this week? Uh, let's you know, let's let's bear in mind that we've had to go through a lot. Um, we had a lot of HR meetings over over John's uh, discrepancy, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing okay, all things considered. Um, I will not take back what I've said about the Greeks, but um, I yeah. I will agree uh, that uh, that John has made some mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, as have all of the Mediterranean people. Uh, so, really, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't put them all on leave, uh, except for the Greeks. All Greeks are actually on. Yeah, I, I leave. thought that they were. Uh, yeah. I thought yeah, there yeah. was a, there was a whole thing about that, right? <laughs> yeah, this Verifacus really uh they he made it happen. God bless. <laughs> a true king. <laughs> the last Greek king. <laughs> he is a king. If if you know, I uh I'm kind of weird about that uh that nomenclature, right? Is everyone calling one another king on the internet? Sure. Yeah, this Verifacus. He's a king. Verified that's, king. That's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're joking, obviously. Um uh about the Greeks. Mean? No. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, John John uh John is actually on a camping trip, uh, and we wish mm-hmm. him the best as he uh explores nature and maybe the inner depths of his mind as he's out there. I wish um, him well. I don't know about the best, but okay. you know. <laughs> I, I hope he it's has actually, a complicated you know, time that ends up with some personal growth. How about that? Does yeah, that work? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, cool. It, real quick question for you, actually. Is, yes. Um, how do you sign off on emails? Uh, I do. I, mean, I, I do. Re- I do regards. Regards. Yeah, in the, in the professional word world, I do regards. Yeah. If I'm sending an no. email to like a cherished friend of mine or something, I'll, I'll say like "Yours truly," or oh, or I'll sweet. put like some personalized note like fucking love you or something like that you know like i i almost invariably just say best uh, best is a good and, one uh, yeah but i've, I've actually told, one, of, one of my favorite uh, people to work with mm-hmm. at work her her little sign-off thing is best so i think i think best is good but but i i've been told that it's a little cold 
Mm-hmm. Even though you're literally wishing someone the best, yeah. But, but I, I guess I mean, compa- maybe you're the wrong person to ask about. No, this because, because I'm a regard person, is which is which regards. is even colder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is even colder. It's, it's like signing off with all due respect. Well, oh, that's a great that's a great way to kind of uh, to, to bookend it is yeah. with all due respect. With all due respect, body paragraph <laughs> regards. <laughs> um, that's good. That's very good. Anyway, that's what we're going to talk about this entire episode. Right, yeah, that's, that's is, what this episode is. I, I queued emails. up this image of uh, George W. Bush for no reason. With all due respect. With all due respect. Uh, Regards. Which, which he is due. Yeah. Maybe none. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> real quick. Be better, before we... better painter than Hitler. Worse painter than Hitler. Uh, Say yeah. what you will about George W. Bush. He is a worse painter than <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> See the thing—the thing that that always conflicts me about Hitler's paintings—is um, that uh, he's he's got a very a very delicate touch to them. Like it, it's very, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's very like technically good. Like all the line right. work is really good. All the perspective is really good. It's just boring because he's just like painting like buildings and stuff like that. Yeah, which there's nothing wrong with painting buildings and like landscapes, but but no, yeah, but he's doing uh, it in like a very clinical got, way where you know, right? It's got the same thing going on as someone who's like who's playing the piano but plays everything without any kind of like affect or inflection. Exactly. And yeah. Like there's there's no there's no yeah. aesthetic flourish or anything like that. He does paint a little anti-Semitic goat in the background of all of them. I've noticed. Just there's one. There's only one in the background. No. Oh, but. I was like, <laughs> I, I've, I've studied Hitler's paintings, and that's <laughs> not true. That's not true. <laughs> with a slur. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's always got a uh, a uh, a rat-like figure in the background, uh, <laughs> uh, harassing an eagle. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, before we start getting into, uh, yeah. into all this, paintings. yeah, speaking of paintings, not really, uh, we no, have some big interviews not. coming up. Um, we have, uh, the seventh, uh, so next week we have, uh, the, the Instagram user at depths of Wikipedia, uh, is going to be joining oh, yes. us to I'm talk so about, uh, Jordan Peterson's second book, uh, which is, uh, the 12 rules for life, uh, the first 12 rules for life, uh, book. And We're then our uh, way backwards. Yeah. And then on the, uh, the 21st, we have, uh, Sacri is going to be joining us. Uh, and he is a, uh, uh, I would, I would almost say a, a Pete Buttigieg, uh, expert to some regard. He's <laughs> seems like he's, it. he's yeah. read all the books and seen all the movies um several times from from what he said um so movies uh there, there is some form of uh documentary oh, out about pete of course there is yeah and it just has uh, uh high high hopes playing the entire time in the background <laughs> i think so it's a little louder and yeah. wider it's that's got to be what it is i haven't seen it uh, and that's that's actually one of the reasons that that i've kind of stayed away from talking about uh Mr. Butt Egg is because uh, we knew that this interview was coming at some point, and you know, uh, I, I think he's he's an important person to talk about in the context that he represents a lot of the the new Democratic up and coming leadership. Um, so mm-hmm. 
pretty excited to get into that and go into why he's a terrible, terrible neoliberal shill. Uh, that's, you know, a, a huge indicator of where the professional managerial class is and where the Democratic Party is. Uh, so, again, that's the uh, the seventh for at depths of Wikipedia and then the 21st for Sacri.legio. And uh, so the topic for today is the uh, the media whitewashing of uh, war criminals and and uh, genuine bastard people. Um, I mean, we don't keep war criminals around that much. I can't think of any war criminals that have uh, <laughs> stayed in, in uh, power oh, for this uh, is sarcasm, my entire it? life. Um uh, so uh, we I, oh. <laughs> we have the uh, the George W. Bush redemption tour is going pretty strong, uh, I've noticed, and he gives black ladies candy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! See America, can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> war criminal family to war criminal family getting along despite their color differences. And all That's, their all their same ties to the the military industrial complex. Can we just get along? I mean, it's it's interesting seeing so many characters all have the same devil on their shoulder. Like it's always Kissinger is just kind of like hiding in the background somewhere. <laughs> just, I mean, if we just got rid of him, I feel like you know everything would be perfect. No, that's not true. That's, but yeah. But think about the change. It would just be butt judges and stuff, which it wouldn't. It, that's, that's yeah, I don't think that's true, and I'm I'm not even for that, anyways. Like that, I don't. I wouldn't even see that as an Kissinger. Oh no, no, no! I just mean I wouldn't see a bunch of butt butt judges as a as an improvement. Oh I no, think. that's not yeah. an improvement at all. No, yeah. no, no. Um, CIA plants versus people that put in CIA plants. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> skips a step, I guess, but uh, right. So, anyways, the uh, the George W. Bush uh, 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 redemption tour has been going on. Uh, this is a good article from the New York Magazine, um, and it's titled uh, "George W. Bush Can't Paint His Way Out of Hell: The Chilling Spectacle of Watching the Political Class Redeem a Criminal Again." And it's by Sarah Jones. Uh, she talks a little bit about his art, which is dog shit. Um, actually, we can we can probably. Is that what he uses? I thought it was oils. Uh, yeah. Uh, where Sorry, were you saying? Was... No dog shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I think it is oils, and I was like, maybe it says acrylics in here somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> um, I thought I read the article, but I guess not. Uh, let's... it is appropriate that he's he's misusing oil. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that's a war joke. That's a joke about war. That's a joke about war. So the the new book that that George Bush has come out with is called uh, Out of Many One, uh, which is just oh. English for E Pluribus Unum. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, let's see if we can find some of these images. They're they're not even like technically good portraits, and and the way he's or this using... is portraits of soldiers or no this or is his portraits uh, this is his portraits of immigrants. Um, oh, that's cool. You know, George that's Bush, not... the uh, famous pro-immigrant uh, uh, president. He was a weird one about immigration. I mean, they're all weird, but uh, because they're all like psychos. He but was weird in he... theory. He was weird in what he said, but he basically right. just carried the same 
uh, policies forward as any other president. And uh, we'll, we'll get yeah, into it was a little, little bit schizophrenic. Of that. Yeah. Like there was opening and closing and, and, and kind of strange. Um, all the while he was like giving speeches in Spanish. And it was, yeah, he's a he's a really bizarre character um, in, I mean, in all regards, but certainly in that regard. Ooh. He's improved. He, he has, has improved. improved. Let's let's not let's uh, not uh, detract from that. That is how time works. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> spend enough time in. Uh, well, I guess that's all we can see without buying the book. Go yeah, go back up, go back up to the top there, because because really, I mean, this is this is something that always drives me crazy because I'm not a great artist uh, in in terms of like visual art, sure, sure, sure. per se, um, but. It, it drives me crazy when people are so bad at perspective, but they still like put the art out there. Like, I feel like perspective is one of the things that's like embarrassing enough to fuck up that like you wouldn't want to publish your work. Right. Like right? I, I, I've, I've like struggled the, with this a lot because I, I've, you know, studied art and I've done paintings right. before. And if anything's off to me, I, I freak out and I, I won't release something that I, that I see anything wrong with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I wish I wish I had this kind of here. confidence. I wish I had this kind of confidence yeah. is what I'm really getting at. Right. Like there are only two here that like seem like the perspective is almost right. And even those are pretty fucked up. Like, yeah, the, I would say this one, right? This, yep, the, this the gentleman and then this one, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And the lady between them, like she's totally flat. And then the lady uh, over to the right is yeah, I mean, just she's like, like, it's uh, way, way I, confused. To be fair, we don't know if she has some kind of goiter or something. <laughs> right, yeah. It could just be goiters, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, not, not, not great art on a, on a technical level. Uh, well, the, not, the subject but, but, matter is... Um, yeah, disingenuous at best because he's basically oh, sure. he's basically uh, uh, appropriating these these people that are immigrants and uh, trying to reform his image in a lot of ways uh, as a right. simple painter. Which we'll, we'll watch an interview in a minute um, <laughs> where, where he basically says as much. I'm just an old. Well, he's joking in that one though, right? You know? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but, but, but but that's also the problem right is right that, yeah that is he that, that he gets uh, away with that joke exactly is that it's you know it's tongue-in-cheek but it's it's done with purpose um, right but just just one i need to stay on this perspective thing too, okay. just a second right. longer yeah. this, this is the important just, subject here <laughs> it reminds me no this is something i know that i'm just, I'm just all, all the time right yeah but but i have had so many instances where where someone has told me how much they love drawing and that like drawing is their passion and it's like that's great i would love to see it and they send it to me and i feel like the people that are always like way crazy confident about it are people that send me stuff that the perspective is bizarrely fucked up yeah uh and it's like it's a childish kind of image but then you know people that that just say oh yeah i like to draw and then they you know, send me something. And it's like, oh, this is the. I can see that you uh, know where you're looking at this from. I don't know. There's something weird about perspective and confidence, that overconfidence. <laughs> because I guess it's just something that takes time and patience. Well, we're, we're basically just stepping into like the uh, the Myers Briggs territory, right? Right. Well, not, not Myers Briggs. Uh, 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 <laughs> I mean, kind of maybe <laughs> the same same type of people. Myers Briggs, maybe, but, uh, uh, the, the Dunning, Dunning Kruger. Yeah, the other yeah. one that's that's hyphenated names. Um, yeah, Dunning Kruger and Myers Briggs are both big, like big liberal things. Well, well, 
<laughs> Dunning Kruger actually uh, uh, defines how Myers Briggs came about their system of <laughs> their system of, of uh, like indexing people based off of certain personality traits. Right? There, there's there's a great bell curve meme here where you have uh, like Myers Briggs uh, on on the I guess on the left, uh, and then you have uh, astrology on the right. And I don't know what's in the middle, but uh, yeah. But it's just like the the Dunning-Kruger effect sort of thing. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, no, I agree with that. I've experienced that as well. And I won't speak about my own art. I I normally do mostly abstracted stuff anyways. So, right. Um, I've done some pretty good portraits, though, I think, of people. Yeah. But never. I don't know. I don't I don't do commissions or anything like that. I I hate the idea of doing art uh because somebody asked me to um you should try it it'll make you miserable yeah great. right <laughs> like, yeah. i've had i've had so many people tell me that i should get it into, into like drawing furry porn and yeah. i could probably do it and i could probably like maybe even artistically do it like i see a lot of really good furry porn uh that's like technically good is what i mean not right, not good sure. as, as I'm like jacking off to Just it like fervently. Really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like technically good and uh you know maybe you know adding that little artistic flourish to uh to some uh some furry porn is what we really need, yeah. you know. I mean I, I wrote this kind of stuff for a while for like beer money and I hated myself. <laughs> yeah. So I can hate I mean, myself. <laughs> you should try it out. Anyway, who doesn't hate themselves? Is it uh, George W. Bush? George W. Bush. He doesn't hate himself. Uh, So this article goes into uh, the reality of the Bush legacy is at painful odds with his post-presidential reputation. That discrepancy isn't news. Here's what we know about Bush. Ever so eager to establish himself as the avatar of something he calls compassionate conservatism. He's responsible for torture and death on a mass scale. Never forget that. Never, ever forget that. The media is trying so hard to turn him into a kind old man, but he is one of the, like, a butcher. He's he's a butcher of, of the Middle East. And, right. it, you know, you can chalk that up to maybe he's just a dumb old yokel and he, you know, didn't know what he was getting himself into. But I don't believe that for a second because his entire family has been in politics their entire lives. So, right. Um, he enabled the uh, military-industrial complex to uh, kill hundreds of thousands in the Middle East, um, including, you know, our own troops. And uh, then, you know, you've got the displacement of millions of people in that region because right. of what we've done. And we're still, to this day, engaged in the war that he started Um and and you know not really seeing it into it which is something we'll get into later on um despite what biden says about ending the war in afghanistan it's it's uh more of the same old uh privatization of the war rather than ending the actual war <clears throat> do you think um that you know the winchester house story where she uh 
because her her husband's guns had killed so many people the the she was trying to escape of, the spirits or whatever yeah by like continuing to build the house out in bizarre ways uh to like confuse the spirits or to like keep them appeased <clears throat> do you think the same thing happened with bush with his portraits where he just like keeps on having to paint faces <laughs> in order to escape from the ghosts right. which he's painting <laughs> and, uh, that, that's possible i don't know it's likely. I hope he's that tortured, but I think that's unlikely. Unfortunately, I mean, with Coke, all things are possible. But. That's that is true. He was quite the yeah. uh, the fiend back in the day. He's just a party animal. He's just an old man that used to party. I mean, nothing wrong with an old man that used to party. He's a sweet old man that used to party. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> even Bush's book with its emphasis on friendly immigrant faces betrays an inability or willing refusal to cope with the sins of his past for all the times Bush condemned yeah. Islamophobia. He did plenty else to stoke it to speak of an axis of evil was to use language freighted with deep meaning Bush and his speechwriters invoked Hitler and fascism and applied the analogy to two majority Muslim countries that hadn't attacked ours. Uh, people shortened the sentence. They heard evil and recognized Islam. Uh, Bush did not just go to war with Afghanistan and Iraq, the nations. He took on spiritual enemies in a civilizational conflict and undercut his own warnings against Islamophobia. Bush can't paint his way out of his legacy, though it seems he'd like to try. Um, so yeah, this, it's, it's go ahead. interesting that our, uh, all of the uh, conservative presidents we've had for decades have literally claimed that they were uh, placed in power by God. Oh yeah, no, yeah, and that, that's something that Bush did claim as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that he spoke to God and and thus was mm -hmm. was guided by God, uh, which is always a troubling thing that you should be very critical of. Um, spooky and and even when and <laughs> this actually leads into like part of why I fell away from the faith was. I saw people like George W. Bush saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I speak to God. And it's like, that's probably dangerous to say things like that because I'm a, I'm right. a Christian person and I've prayed my entire life and I don't hear like the audible voice of God. No, I'd like to think that I was pretty devoted at the time. Um, and then to hear somebody say, yeah, I talked to God the other day and he told me we need to go bomb them over there in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan um if, yeah imagine being so like distanced from your own con uh like conscience that whenever you hear a little voice in your head you think it's god yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard a voice and i became terrified because i thought i was going crazy um so this uh this interview with uh uh fuck what's her name it's uh something nora o'donnell um i almost said I lawrence was holt <laughs> i almost said lawrence o'donnell um which is a different guy <laughs> and a guy rather than her being a woman um so this little puff piece that Nora o'donnell did with uh with bush is uh great um we'll just go ahead and watch this tell me tell me if you want to pause it at any moment um there's uh there's some interesting stuff in here i, I might need to because puff piece just always makes me so hungry <laughs> Sorry, go on. Cheese puffs. Cheese puffs. governor has now declared a state of emergency to handle the influx of migrants coming from Mexico. We visited with former President George W. Bush at his ranch in Texas. He told us what he'd do about the crisis if he were still president and why he's rejoining the immigration debate. Stone. 
Deep in the heart of Texas is the former president's 1,600-acre ranch, Come on in. where he's mixing his new passion for painting with an issue he's cared about for decades, immigration. The problem with the immigration debate is that it, it, uh, uh, one can create a lot of fear. Uh, they're coming after you. The former president hopes his voice makes that debate less fearful after four years of anti-immigration rhetoric. Was President Trump a uniter? Uh, no, the country was very divided during that period of time. And, uh, Positive. You know, as a result, he won. I mean, do I need to say anything about that claim? I mean, go because, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Say I, something. I, I, I mean, I... Uh, you see some, say something. <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of the listener is is uh, a little younger, um, but uh, the under the Bush era, it's it's always bizarre to me when people keep on saying like, "Oh man, the, the politics are so divided now versus what they used to be." But the Bush era was still extremely divided. I mean, not divided in the same way as under like Obama or under Bush or under Trump per se. Uh, but still extremely divided. But it was it was divided in, in a way that maybe maybe Bush didn't even notice it. Oh, probably uh, not. Because because so much of the division was based on this cudgel of like pro-Americanism and and like the troops and shit that people who were extremely critical of of, uh, of Bush and there were there were better protests against uh, the Iraq and and even a- Afghanistan. Um, uh, than we've had, you know, coming into Syria or anything like that. But sure. I guess it's also larger operations. Uh, but we actually had protests against these wars back then. Yeah, uh, and, and I'd say, um, you know, I think when people have this perception that uh, America is more divided now than it ever was, is because during the Bush years, you had uh, the Democratic and Republican parties were very much aligned with each other. And so now we're seeing like this this theater of the Democratic Party and and Republican Party being at odds with each other. And that translates as like a national uh, sort of uh, divide. Uh, You know, there's there's dividing lines there because they're, you know, acting like they're against each other. But during the the Bush presidency, uh, up until probably like the end of his his second term, um, the Congress was pretty much on the same page. You know, Nancy Pelosi voted for the war in uh, Afghanistan and the war in Iraq. Um, in fact, there's there's only like a handful of politicians that didn't vote for it. Right. Which you, which is ultimately to say that the when we're talking about a divided nation, I mean, people that are talking about this division and people, uh, you know, I, you know, like uh, like Bush here, that's that's talking about how, th- how this division didn't exist before. What they're saying is that the the people in power weren't as like performatively or otherwise divided, yeah, uh, because they're ignoring what the actual substantial right. divisions within the people were, uh, right? Because exactly. of course it's invisible to them. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, also the way he smiles when he says the word fear, it's <laughs> just so a spooky. lot fear. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is a man who uh, who oversaw well, not oversaw directly, but oversaw the program that uh, that led to uh, horrific torture of uh, detainees. Um, right, and, and talking also about the, how oh, we cause fear. 
Right. And and also the the idea that I mean, the whole the whole idea to the beginning of the Iraq invasion and the way that we performed it was shock and awe. Right. Mm -hmm. It was it was based on pummeling the shit out of the city until or or Baghdad specifically, but but just the country until it's dust. Right. So that they would see how powerful we are, be uh, be afraid of us. And then, you know, surrender, which, of course, isn't really how shit works. No. Uh, when you destabilize the bath party. <laughs> um, but, and now um, we have uh, now we have ISIS. Right. But 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 keep that in mind and then keep in mind the fact that that there was there was this extreme paranoia and fear that led to us not just torturing people outside of our country or bombing uh, or anything like that, but also putting into play things like the Patriot Act yep. that and 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 TSA guys. I flew. I, I am old enough that I, I flew multiple times, uh, quite a few times before the Patriot Act and the TSA existed. And you used to be able to pretty much just uh, walk onto an airplane. That's true. Walk through a metal detector and onto an airplane. As long as you didn't have like dope. a uh, and and actually in some cases it's probably different. As long as you didn't have like a fucking gun in, in your pocket, right. you were pretty much allowed onto the plane. And guess how many uh, catastrophic events we had? Um, not, not, not very many. No, not, it didn't really happen. I mean, nine uh, eleven happened, but uh, that's because the CIA and FBI allowed it to happen. Um, <laughs> Bush did nine eleven. Is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but, but someone, someone who's like so, so like silly about oh, people are so afraid and people are really right. losing fear here, and it's just like that somebody is who, all you fucking did. Yeah, somebody who capitalized <laughs> on on fear to. Uh, clinched down with an even stronger surveillance state and and yeah. uh you know these yeah just yeah well, and and I'm you know the afraid... TSA the TSA is really just security theory theater oh, yeah. it's to make theater. people yeah. feel afraid to make people reminded that there is some kind of threat that they need to be afraid of when in reality right. if you really think about it infrastructure is so fragile I mean, it's literally crumbling around us. If people want to carry out terroristic acts, they can, and it would be easy. But the the, right. the fact of the matter is that not that many people want to destroy the world. But the the, yeah. the way that we, most people are people, yeah, most people are people, <laughs> and they just want to live like good, decent lives and and be happy. Mm. Um, they don't want to destroy everything, and yeah. uh, and it's it's self evident in the fact that we're not having like. I don't know. Even even worse no, crises. Yeah, we don't right. we don't live in absolute chaos every day in in a society that has crumbling infrastructure that could easily be targeted. Right, right. But you know, Bush, he's not he's not afraid. He's just hyper vigilant. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> All right. Reelected. President Bush tells us that it was a prominent Republican's idea to get him back into the immigration debate. And I said, I don't want to put my voice in the immigration debate. I'm, I'm, I'm a quiet guy. I'm, I've done my deal. I'm not going to criticize my successors. And he said, why don't you paint the portraits of immigrants? And I said, wow, that's a good idea. And started. And I'm now uh, involved in the uh, immigration discussion. <laughs> the last president to pass a reform bill was a Republican. Many people don't know that Ronald Reagan's bill in 1986 essentially allowed amnesty for 2.7 million undocumented immigrants. Uh, president Reagan did sign a bill. I don't believe it uh, would work in this day and age. 
uh, providing immediate amnesty. Uh, I do, however, believe people who have been here who paid the law and paid their taxes ought to be given a chance. A pathway to citizenship. Pathway to citizenship. Why wouldn't it work, bud? Yeah. Why wouldn't it Why work? Not? Yeah. <laughs> if they pay their taxes. If they pay their taxes and uh, prove to be good citizens. And if that were the proposal by President Biden, would you lobby your own party to support that? I am right now. Um, I don't know whether my own party listens to me or not is another question. And people say, well, that's going to take jobs away from Americans. I disagree. I think that helps uh, grow the number of jobs available. There are a lot of jobs that aren't being fulfilled now. You come to Dallas and uh, in August and not a lot of people are volunteering to put tile on roofs. Today, he's watching the crisis at the border and has a suggestion for one of the first things that needs to be done. There ought to be more asylum judges on the border so they can handle these asylum cases so parents don't have to separate from their kids. The former president introduced us to Carlos Ravello. You're on the cover of President Bush's book. What does that mean to you? Only in America. And that's what this country is all about. It doesn't even look like that. I know, right? (laughs) But besides this, this is the typical, you know, ID politics centric. We'll wheel out one of the guys that agrees with us, who's got the right skin tone and comes from the right place. And uh, we'll we'll use him as a political prop. Um, And Mike, only, only in America. America is the only country. The only country that anybody's ever immigrated to. That's true. That's true. Never say never. Ravello came to America to escape harm in El Salvador and became a citizen in 19... 19- hey, uh, what do you think was going on in El Salvador? <laughs> oh, no, nothing stable. That's a joke. Because not, a, not a concerted have... effort by the U.S. to destabilize El Salvador? No. No. Oh, okay, yeah. Where right. did you get an idea like that? I don't do, you know. have, do you have any historical precedent I do. to believe that we would destabilize? Well, we'll talk God. about that no, at your right time, yeah. probably. That's... <laughs> I'm it's... sure we have talked about it at, at previous moments. We talked about Guatemala, oh, yeah. but not the uh, right, not El Salvador. Well, also there's uh... <sighs> he 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 speaks out of both sides of his mouth uh i mean all the time and literally also back and forth uh but um this this like if they pay taxes thing oh yeah right i don't i don't understand where fucking everyone's thought is is coming from with this that immigrants don't pay taxes i i've never understood that either categorically do i mean on on the simple (laughs) fact that they buy things and there's a, a sales tax right like right i mean just just that i mean and 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 so much more but like and the the fact of the matter is that they they're paying taxes without without paying for paying well i mean indirectly paying into but not getting anything out of social security either so it's like yeah they're they're um, they're paying taxes for systems that they don't really benefit from because of their their status as non-citizens right right so it's that's cool yeah, and uh, cool. and we'll, we'll see how disingenuous it is for him to say what he's saying about what should be fixed at the border. Um, turns out there's there's a, a written history of of Bush's interactions with the border uh, that we can we can tap into. So what? yeah, we'll we'll go into that after this uh, this clip. We'll round this clip out though. 
1987. If you had stayed in El Salvador, what would have happened? I don't think I'd be Say the right thing. <laughs> Today, he teaches American government, and the president hopes by sharing his story and others, things will change. Now, that's the thing that pisses me off about this debate. I really don't want to get involved in politics. The tone of the debate just was so disrespectful to people like Carlos. The people who work so hard. Yeah. Dream big dreams and work hard. A very candid George W. Bush, and there's much more of our interview with the former president on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, so I did some looking into Nora O'Donnell, by the way, and I was like, mm. she's been in, you know, the, the journalistic field for a while. She she was around when Bush was president and she should know better about like how Bush interacted with the border and how he treated immigration. Right. It turns out she's been in a, a Bush simp for like her entire career. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is, I mean, that's not. Yeah. It's not, it's not surprising, but uh, I, I was just a little bit surprised by surprised by it because you know yeah, got him. we got him it's not surprising Sorry. that somebody in the media would be that way but i was surprised that she works for cbs and and has for her entire career been like pro bush in like a really disingenuous way and nobody's ever brought that up it feels like i don't know yeah, cbs is the old people network right so fair enough yeah <laughs> uh so uh <laughs> here's that historical uh written uh information about uh, Bush and the border. Uh, so when there was an immigration crisis under, uh, and, I, and I put little air quotes up as I said that, uh, because the there's always been an immigration crisis because we don't uh, handle our immigration very well. Um, when there was an immigration crisis going on during the, the Bush presidency, uh, he ordered 6,000 uh, National Guard troops to the border to reinforce them. And it turned out to be a shit show because they were border patrol and the national guard weren't communicating very well. They were stepping all over each other's dicks, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what, what ends up happening to the people trying to immigrate uh, when they have, you know, the armed forces staring them down on the other side of the fence. Uh, nothing good, obviously. Did you have something you wanted to add? It looked like you wanted to talk. No, I just said no. Oh, yeah. no, it's not good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this speaks for itself for the most part. It's right. And that's, you know, something that uh, liberals were all up in arms about with with Trump was Trump put the National Guard down or maybe it was the actual army. I can't remember which. I think I th think there was. Yeah. Yeah. Actual branches of the. the yeah. Big actual army branches of the military rather than just the, the National Guard. Right yeah. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, it's it's the same effect, yeah. Essentially, and well, weren't there like literally Marines like painting the wall? Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, that was a wild four years. So much to yeah, remember geez. and a lot to forget. Um, uh, so, and uh, you know, fun fun fact: Obama also sent troops to the border during his term. Um. When former presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama deployed the guard to the border in 2006, that's when Bush was president in 2010, that's when Obama was president, uh, they were pushing Congress to pass wide-ranging overhauls of immigration policy. Both overhauls failed. So when you have Bush talking about you know, the, the bill that Reagan signed and how it wouldn't work today, uh, maybe he's right because we have such a dysfunctional government, but also, you know, 
his response to the border was not any better than Trump's response to the border. And Obama's response to the border wasn't any better than uh, Trump or uh, Bush's response to the border. So we have a long line of presidents using the military to enforce the border uh, when, you know, honestly, the better thing to do is maybe let the border fail to some degree. Uh, yeah, rather rather yeah. than maintain an unjust border that we know needs to be fixed we let the yeah, border leak a little bit could just uh yeah just just move around and uh, be uh, be people uh, just move through space and uh and that would probably uh, yeah. incentivize congress to come up with some actual reform bill and, and get it passed uh because of the political implications that we have an unprotected border which would scare a lot of people um i think because they're trained yeah. to be scared of that, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm. I'm. That's not a crisis I would want to end, though. You no, know, no, I, I don't want. To, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. In in the perspective of these yeah. people yeah, being yeah, yeah, genuine what to what they're what they want to do or what they profess to do, if they yeah. were truly genuine in that, they they have a clear way to make this work to pressure sure. Congress. And each time they always use the military to reinforce the border, uh, and yeah. they they inadvertently and and probably on purpose maintain the status quo of there always being a border crisis that we can point to as yeah you know something to just you know focus the nation on and the the, the fact of the matter is that all of this is done for business interests <clears throat> in the sense that of course we we sorry uh they we also i don't know man you're, you're part of the ruling uh, class aren't you Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, but uh, but that business interests want to have, of course, cheap immigrant labor, but they uh, want that immigrant labor to remain cheap, right? Of course, yeah. And they they want an influx of it, but they don't want so many of them that uh, that uh, you know it's going to flood in and and cause any real problems to uh, to. Well, once you once you make them citizens, the they power, they right? have uh, they have labor rights, right. right? You know, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's ultimately like a calculated decision to to keep like a certain amount of of non uh, citizen laborers here, um, keeping that number at a certain point, uh, and making sure that they remain non citizens. Yeah. Um, so it's not a problem that anyone wants fixed. Uh, anyone in power, at least, for sure. Yeah. No. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I had something else on this. I think. Oh, we're just going to see the same thing with Biden. I think. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We we've already seen him walk back. Uh, and and this is stuff that he could change through executive order. And we talked about it a little bit uh, last time. I think. Um, how he could just increase the cap of refugees that we accept. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He could and literally he's keeping it at the same like dropped numbers. Uh, yeah, he's that, keeping uh, it at the up, same you know? dropped uh, dropped level, which is I think fifteen thousand, uh, which is which else. is a Trump era policy that he's carrying over. Um, he could abolish ICE in a heartbeat. That uh, literally, which, again, is... again, this is a thing that came out uh, under under Bush, and we didn't have before, and things were fine. Yep. Um, yeah, we we did not have ice. Um, I I'm older than ice. Uh, Dorian's older than ice. I guess yeah, it would have been '98 when Bush was elected, right? Feels right. 
Maybe not. No, it was it was ninety six. Right? Is it ninety eight? Jesus, my brain is broken. No, it's all divisible by yeah, it's ninety six. Oh, okay, divisible so it would have been two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand was when he was elected. No, yeah. sorry. Why why the fuck did I say ninety six? Yeah, no, Obviously that was Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um who cares about the, the, the exact date, really? Uh, it's just the fact that um, <clears throat> before <laughs> before the turn of the century, we did not have ice and our country existed for a couple hundred years before that. So we were doing 21st okay. 21st century, we were told that in the 21st century, we would have flying cars. In the, in, in the year 2000, we'd have flying cars and laser eyes and robots but instead we just uh got extra racist cops <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough yep. <laughs> uh so another one that's been making his uh his rounds is uh john boehner uh good old boehner man and uh what a guy. he looks fucking he looks like beat cooked. shit he looks good. <laughs> that guy look. I want to look like Connor. Um, so let's let's watch you this know, clip real quick. You know how some people's dicks are like darker than the rest of their body because oh, like his his is his stuff. is like fully black. I think. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say he just looks like a phallus. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, there's that but, too. But, yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's like a fractal thing going on here, where like he looks like a dick and his dick looks like something <laughs> even more like. Non-Euclidean and extraordinary, and of course, like there's something else coming out of that, and just goes on forever. Man, I wish John was here on that acid. Oh no, I sold him out. Yeah, geez, man. Drugs, man. Gonna have to cancel you now. Administrative leave. I'm gonna be the only person on the podcast next week. The Benzo Rehab Dungeon does not uh, does not support uh, exploring your own mind. (laughs) No, absolutely not. not Very much against that. Never, never been a fan of it think it's yeah. dumb um it is it's speaking just, of never I mean, oh go ahead the world is so amazing why would you need to look at it <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of never exploring your own mind let's uh let's listen to john boehner and also dana bash uh who 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 knows better than to give john boehner this kind of uh platform um i think she should know she better really bash that boner but yeah, I mean, she's one of those people yeah. that was like really anti-Trump, and then all of a sudden Trump had like one coherent speech, and she's like, "The president He's is so being presidential. presidential, exactly." Oh. And and so yeah, maybe cool. she doesn't know better because she's just this kind of person that that has no ideology, I guess, except for the aesthetics of like niceness. I don't know. Well, has yeah, has no ideology except for ideology, like oh, sure. it's just hegemonic, right? Right. It's, yeah. 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 You really don't hold back in this book about where you see your party, the Republican Party today. You called some of your colleagues political terrorists, he's getting knuckleheads, <laughs> the chaos caucus. Um, you were the top. He's, he's getting turned on is what it is. <laughs> Hell yeah. Republican Hell yeah. in the Get country when this group or at least parts of it emerged. Uh, in your book, you say that you're not going to give a 15 point plan to save the world. And I understand that. But as I was reading it, I was thinking, He's like a doctor who's identifying a disease, but not giving a prescription on how to fix it. So as a lifelong Republican, don't you want to find a solution and be the person to try to do that? 
I'm sorry. Could you well, no, listen. Up? No, uh, I just want to sell this is, books. <laughs> <laughs> this is such like a such like a, a dumb thing to point out, especially because it's also been like picked up uh, a bunch. But you know, Boner is he's he is allegedly, but uh, but uh, very very popular, known and believed allegedly like a massive drunk. Uh, oh, he and, looks like a fucking train wreck in this interview he looks doing, like he's fucking he's doing drunk. The wobble yeah. like he's just wobbling around in his seat and it <laughs> i mean he's he, very funny he has yeah. all the the markers of somebody who got drunk and passed out in the sun right yeah i saw god i forget who the interview was with it was some kind of it was a dumb late night thing recently. and that's coming from a Colbert. drunk person by the way i'm a very drunk yeah. person same but, <laughs> but yeah I, I think it was with him and uh and they ended up asking him what he was drinking and it was so funny because he like his brain caught for a second where <laughs> where he like kind of paused like oh shit do they know that i'm drinking and it's like oh yeah that's okay and like part of the plan that they know i'm drinking and so it's just like a, what are you drinking he's like it's uh drink that's it's okay that I'm doing that right now. Of course, okay, he's cool. a wine drunk. Why did I think he would drink like something like brown, uh, brown whiskey, dark whiskey? Yeah. Well, probably off the air. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted to, that was that was image maintenance. Which oh, is like, okay. oh, I, drink, I, drink, I drink a glass of wine occasionally. <laughs> nothing crazy. Also, also keeping in mind this man. Um, I'm drinking a terraz right now. <laughs> 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 that this man was was like part of the uh, like the this the standard Republican kind of uh, uh, just the body, and and he kept the line with everyone, and and often was the vanguard of the line, no matter like how resistant he he often is to admitting that. Uh, but uh, he now makes a lot of money selling weed. Really, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, he's he's a that's hilarious now. And it's just like these fucking people, like oh, they're so yeah, disingenuous. I don't want it to be legal. It can't be legal. It can't be legal. It can't be legal. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be terrible to make it legal. And then ah, fuck. Well, now I have to uh, sell it. Now yeah, and one sell. of the things I'd eventually like to dig into is how uh, the weed industry has essentially been robbed from. Uh, African Americans and Latinos, yeah. uh, because yeah. they were they were the people who were originally growing it and selling it, and they all got incarcerated. And now that all the OGs are incarcerated, uh, look who's stepping in as all these white tech bros and shit, and and right. old plantation owner types like John Boehner, uh, who are who are now profiting off of this new industry new industry that's been around for you know hundreds of years and a and hundred or more years in, in America uh, and, yep. and we criminalized it and now we're decriminalizing it without reinstating those positions that people had as like sellers and growers. Yeah. And also, yeah, keeping in mind that, that not, not, not just a hundred or more years in America, but, but, but hundreds, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I guess all, it would have been before. Time, yeah. Fact, I mean, like the U S is like, a, at the very least, yeah. like, yeah, the, but, um, yeah, he is, uh, he sucks. He does suck. He sucks. We'll go into that a little <laughs> bit more uh, after this interview, why he sucks. Um, because, you know, he's talking about how the uh, the Republican Party is a bunch of lunatics. Well, who, who was right there square front and center when the Tea Party was rising up and did nothing yeah. to stop it? He, he ended up being largely one of the, it. Was so, so the way that he describes it is that he 
he was resistant to the Tea Party, but also knew that like they were going to be the new boys in power. And so he just fucking had to go ahead and support them. And it's just, it's funny seeing like how much cowardice is involved in, uh, I mean, in, in all uh, uh, parties in, in, in power, but certainly on the Republican end. How, yeah, like, I, would, I would say the Republican party is like the most cowardly, cowardly when it, when it comes to like appeasing their base and, and like the cultural yeah. sort of aspect of things. Well, yeah, because the Democrats just don't listen to the, like the, the genuinely right. concerned parts of yeah. their base. Right. Um, so it's funny because I always called Democrats cowards versus Republicans who were just psychos. But in, in certain ways, there's, again, a weird fractal thing where it is, in fact, the uh, <laughs> the Democrats that are psychos and the Republicans that are cowards. So good to know. <laughs> I'm retired. And uh, those that serve in public office today have a tough job governing. I think governing in America today is far harder than it was when I was there. Uh, but, uh, you know, what I've suggested uh, here over the uh, the last several months is Republicans have to go, go back to being Republicans. Uh, focusing on the principles of what it means to be a Republican. What does that mean? A fiscal res- I don't know. What the fuck does that mean? But my, my ear is picking up some, uh, like, some liquor slur. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is his his uh, his and and to be fair, if I ever got an interview on if I ever got an interview on CNN, I would also show up drunk, but it would be for like a completely different reason. I think (laughs) just to just loosen up, uh, rather (laughs) right, um, loosen up, be a dickhead. I don't know. Maybe maybe they loosening up in different directions. Right. right? (laughs) Responsibility, a strong national defense. Uh, They can lay out a half a dozen principles. Uh, that, well, I think, help bring our party together, uh, which is uh, really what's going to be necessary if we're going to have a chance to take back the majority in 2022 uh, or 2024. Well, that makes perfect sense, but you also outline in this book uh, problems uh, that have exploded about misinformation and flat-out lies coming not just from right-wing media, but from some lawmakers who don't necessarily put those ideals that you just laid out at the top of the uh, of the list in terms of what's important. And they continue to perpetuate the big lie. You've been clear that there was nothing even close to enough fraud that would have changed the 2020 election result. So are those people, your fellow Republicans, pushing this lie? Are they eroding democracy? Well, I don't know. You can describe it any way you want. Uh, I would you I describe it? It's a little crazy. Uh, listen, little, I little tried crazy. to deal with the facts <laughs> as they were, the facts as I, they, I knew them, and uh, and I tried to move forward based on facts. And, uh, uh, yeah, there's people uh, in both parties uh, who are on the fringe. Uh, but, listen, on any given day, I had 210, 215 solid Republican uh, votes, solid Republican members, good members. And remember, there are good members on both sides of the aisle. You know, 90% of Congress are good, decent. We, we, we have to remember that, that he's, he's talking about largely the same people that are in power now. Yes. Like, there are not a people changed. that are fucking nuts, but, but he's talking about, now they were solid Republicans, unlike the people that are in power now, which are exactly the same fucking right. people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, just just based on the age of our average senator and and how long they've been in power, 
Um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a lot of the same people. Average, and when he talks about fringe people on the, the other aisle, who's, who's he talking about? AOC? Mm-hmm. Who at this point has been completely captured by the Democratic mm-hmm. Party. Sorry to break it to everybody. Probably talk about that some other time. But uh, right. um, who are these fringe people? Who's who's going around trying to and and you know let's not take the insurrection too seriously because it's been beat over our heads this this entire time and is now leading into legislation that's going to be very dangerous in the future, um, right? But like Marjorie Taylor Greene out there leading like uh, uh, an insurrection protest saying kill Nancy Pelosi and and shit like that. Right. Um, and, you know, as someone who's not a fan of Nancy Pelosi at all, obviously, that's just, you know, a dangerous thing to do is to tell your your followers to go kill somebody. Um, right. And so when he's and, when he's saying, oh, there's fringe people on both sides of the party, like he's comparing AOC, who like has some good uh, policy stances and Marjorie Taylor right. Greene, who's a fucking so, demon from hell. <laughs> it's not it's not even that, though, like he's. Boner is, is one of these people that, you know, being being someone that went along with the Tea Party and stuff, at least. Yeah. I mean, his actions showed it. But um, when he's talking about fringe people, he's still probably even like talking about people that align with Obama. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. So he probably, like, he, I mean, the, the, the conservative right has been saying that Biden is a radical leftist to some degree. Or that, right. or that like he's, he's been uh, pushed super far left. And it's like, no. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure what he thinks are like French people are Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, and then the rest of the Republicans are fine. And then uh, uh, Joe Manchin is cool. And the rest of the Democrats are French. Like, that <laughs> right. seems like what he There's really good thinks. people on both sides. I like Chris and Cinema and Joe Manchin. <laughs> <laughs> Which counts as people. That's Which counts two. as people. Yeah, that's why I wanted to make sure that we got, no. we got at least two in there. <laughs> honest people trying to do the right thing for their constituents and for the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in my case, on any given day, there were two or three dozen uh, what I call knuckleheads uh, who just wanted, they wanted chaos. Uh, They wanted it all their way or no way. But are the knuckleheads now... democracy just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and are the knuckleheads now, you know, much more dominant? I mean, it certainly seems that they are. And more importantly, let's let's focus on uh, on how this is affecting policy. Um, You know that because of this lie that they're dealing with, not dealing with the facts as you uh, described it, there are 361 bills across the country right now, according to the Brennan Center, that are trying to roll back Americans' right to vote. What do you think about that? Well, listen, uh, I've served in the state house in Ohio uh, before I went to Congress. And uh, when we dealt with uh, election issues, it was typically done on a bipartisan basis. Uh, Why? Because uh, people need to have confidence uh, in the voting systems in each of the states. And I think after uh, the challenges uh, uh, that the last election uh, proved out, uh, every state's looking at their election uh, systems trying to figure out a way uh, to make it fair, to make it more secure. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what all those different bills are. Uh, but listen, the only thing different today than when I was there is that, uh, you know, those who want chaos have a bigger platform. 
Uh, back uh, 30 years ago, there was no platform. We always had some people on the fringe, right and left, uh, but the press never paid any attention to them. Uh, these days, uh, with talk radio, cable news, uh, and all these social media platforms, uh, <laughs> the people on the fringes have a bigger platform uh, to make their points. And, uh, and, and frankly, uh, create chaos, uh, brings more attention to them, they're able to raise more money, and, uh, and the, the idea of governing is something foreign to most of them. What a what a fucking interview, right? Yeah, I just. Um, yeah. So I don't yeah. typically uh, uh, pump out Mother Jones articles. Um, Ooh, but getting spicy. This was, uh, I mean, it's it's written from the perspective of somebody who's who's nominally like a neoliberal themselves. Um, and and the headline is kind of silly because it's John Boehner should just shut the. Pound sign and sign or ampersand, sorry, percent sign, exclamation mark. Up. I was wondering how you were going to uh, to read that out. I was I was prepared because it was like uh, John John Boner should shut the poop up. Uh, I would Boner I would say I would say up. John Boner should <laughs> shut the the. Uh, door up. This person censored it, but I would assume what they actually said was frick. <laughs> there are real people yeah there are real people who, who and, and, it, and it's always like the, the very timid neoliberal types isn't it who think frick is just like oh I would never I would oh, never cuss in public no. there I mean I think it's it's a center right well no even like far right too in a bizarre kind well, of space, sure yeah like, you've like, got it's anybody who's thinking, associated with like, like lds yeah 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 anybody who's yeah. associated with some yeah. kind of puritan culture um, <laughs> so john banner well, should shut you. should just shut the uh pound sign ampersand percent sign exclamation mark up um, say it right mike Shut Come the on, frick up. <laughs> Say the whole thing. John Boehner should just thing. shut the frick up. Because uh, so I'm TO'd oh, okay. right now. That <laughs> <laughs> made me feel warm. I hope someone clips that. Yeah, me too. John Boehner should We do have somebody who likes to clip our stuff. Uh, especially my. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that made me laugh when. when uh, that's pretty good. When we got that clip in. Um, that and the spit take, man. Good. Yeah. Why are you the most clippable person here? I feel I'm really the drunkest person, I think, little... is, is normally uh, what it is. Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm well, not going to really read this article. because isn't really going to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the fuck you is what, what led to some of it, you know, right? That's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really going to read this article. I don't really care for That's Mother good. Jones that much. But we already went into, like, how... Uh, Boehner essentially, you know, enabled the Tea Party to to take over, uh, and the Tea Party for for the younger listener uh, is basically what led to the formation of of Trump and and the Trump doctrine and how Trump and and you know Marjorie Taylor Greene and all this QAnon stuff sort of formulated was out of the ashes of the Tea Party. Uh, which was not a grassroots campaign, despite what everybody in the Republican no. Party will tell you. It was an astroturf campaign. It was funded by very, very moneyed interests. And the reason it fell apart is because it was funded by such moneyed interests that like once the, once they were done with what they needed it to do, they just kind of moved on. Um, yeah. 
but the the yeah, ad, the adherents the adherents the cultists of it essentially the people who really believed in it uh eventually started moving on to things like QAnon and 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 uh you know the trumpist sort of politics um yeah so ideologies don't die they just uh mutate yeah like like uh v from v from ben- vendetta says oh no <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. What is it? What you, was this shit? You can't, you can't kill an kill idea. idea. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, that guy. That guy is really cool. We should try to look and act more like him. Like put on <laughs> cool masks and stuff. I mean, I've got like most of the facial hair to do it. I think I would just have to like grow it out in like you a curly like cue. Yeah, I would have to. Yeah, I would. I would have to like pencil shave it in and everything. Man, let's do it. Let's. Uh, <laughs> mine grows back pretty quick. We could, it's not. We could, we I would also have a, to paint my face white, which thing. I think is racist. Yeah, but I mean, you have white friends. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> All right. So, what if we? What if we for ahead. Halloween this year? I'm sorry, I keep on cutting you off today, <laughs> uh, and always. But what if? What if for for Halloween? You dressed up as me, and I dressed up as you, which means that we, uh, versus what we look like today, which is a little different, it would it would mean that we both dress like we always do, <laughs> but we do racist face paint. Yeah. <laughs> and you wear glasses, and I don't. Yeah. What about that? I, uh, I was on board with everything except for the glasses part. <laughs> fine with yeah, racism you know, drawing the line nerd. that uh, i don't i don't want to seem ableist to people that genuinely uh, have sight problems oh, right. <laughs> you're okay with wearing the geisha makeup yeah but just not the not the glasses <laughs> not the glasses <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to able shame people uh who, who have bad eyesight i mean sorry not bad eyesight different eyesight yeah I'm, yeah, I'm still working on I'm, I'm sorry guys I'm still working on some of the uh some of the the correct ways of speaking on these subjects um, yeah I so I, I used to do volunteer work with uh with disabled people and I remember uh getting kind of shut down when I I was trying to be like good uh and I I used the word differently abled or the phrase differently abled and getting shut down over that where they're just like I get that that's like a, a nice, a nice thing, way of saying it, but, uh, but, but also <laughs> that's so condescending. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. My legs just don't work. It's, <laughs> it's okay to recognize that some people have a bad situation. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and some and, people do prefer the term. Uh, sure. Of course. But, uh, but you know, but it is mostly pretty condescending. I think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's better to recognize it as being a bad thing and not, not a, yeah. Not a moral harm of theirs necessarily, but something that's bad because it affects them so deeply, you know? Right. Never call, uh, in my experience, someone who's deaf and some most people that are blind differently uh, disabled. That's that's a big thing where there's like a full cultural thing around being deaf yeah. where there's like a pride and stuff around it, um, which is really interesting to me. But anyway, we're going up a tangent, but yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Speaking of tangent, let's, let's wash our brains out a little bit. Cause we've gotten, we've gotten pretty deep oh, yeah. into some, some old history stuff with some pretty gross people. And I think it's, uh, it's good to check in on one of our, one of our little, uh, um, what do you want to call it? Sideshow attraction attractions, maybe. Hell um, yeah. Which is uh, which is Matt Gates? Um, oh man, he looks differently <laughs> abled there. 
Sorry, I like I like how he's looking up at this headline like oh fuck this yeah. looks bad right. uh, because the headline is Matt Gates associate Joel Greenberg said in a letter that Gates paid for sex with a minor yeah. um, which I mean not not like not hell yeah yeah like, not hell yeah it. that he did that but hell yeah that he's getting ratted out by uh, by you. one of his boys <laughs> right I, I I understood um you gotta be so careful these days because <laughs> someone's gonna clip that out you know? yeah anyway. <laughs> matt gates had sex with a minor hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke that we're talking paid, about don't clip this no paid to have sex with a minor paid yeah paid yeah. to have sex with a minor that's what that's the part that makes it not cool <laughs> <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah um uh, thanks for that all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so <laughs> a long time <laughs> a long time associate of rep matt gates of uh florida said in a letter obtained by the daily beast that gates paid to have sex with a minor on more than one occasion this individual was involved in sexual activities with several of the other girls the congressman from florida's first congress congressional district and myself the associate joel greenberg said in the letter with the individual identified as a 17 year old from time to time gas money or gifts rent or partial tuition payments were made to several of these girls including the individual who was not yet 18. i did see the acts occur firsthand uh <laughs> and Venmo uh. transactions, Cash App, and other payments were made to these girls on behalf of the congressman. It is. What a fucking flex this guy has done in saying, yeah, I watched a guy have sex with a minor. Yeah, that's... <laughs> don't... The dumbest I'm fucking like... people, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's... I, um, I just... I, I want to point out to people that it's... Uh... It's really easy to not have sex with minors. Yeah. It's it's very, very easy. Um, it starts with, um, well, I mean, even if you get past, like, all the blockades of, like, wow, you talk. Let me, let me like tell you child, how easy, um, how you, easy it is real but, quick. Uh, I'm, sure. I'm interrupting you. St steal my joke. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe, maybe you're going <laughs> to tell the same joke. I'll let you finish. No, go on. No, go, go, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I've never had sex with a minor, including when I was a minor. Wow. So only, only adults. Yeah. Only ever adults. Um, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> um, and, and basically the joke is that, uh, no, nobody likes me. Go, go on with your joke though. Oh, yours is no, probably mine was different. Mine was just to, uh, af after you get past all the stuff of like, oh, you talk and act like a child. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing this. We have no way to relate. Uh, this is terrifying. Once you get past all that, uh, which I feel towards people that are like 25. Uh, but, um, but once you get past all that, you just, uh, you ask them, uh, how old are you? <laughs> and then they <laughs> and then they say a number and if that number is less than 18 you don't do it man that's that's interesting that's that's a weird there's take. math involved there's math involved so it's right. a little complicated for some people i guess but um if you're working as like a tax man maybe or like uh you know a politician especially right. one that's like so concerned with like uh uh, fiscal responsibility for sure yeah he, he's a numbers maybe, guy right yeah he is he is with a head like that you gotta be <laughs> Jesus uh, so i mean Not that fucking head ugh. so big it's delightful 
school bobblehead. Anyway, um. So yeah. What? Don't do it. Yeah. Don't fuck I, kids. No, I just, it was more hot takes. PSA from the uh, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. <laughs> you can clip don't, this. Don't. Michael Debs and Danko Suvin do not endorse or condone fucking kids. I second that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I, was, I was waiting for. <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> to see if I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like no. I said, next week I'm going to be doing the podcast alone. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's pivot to uh, to Biden uh, real quick uh, because this is something that's being whitewashed in the media. Well, not this particular thing I'm about to click on yet because this is just something that I want to highlight as like an absolute failure of our country for the last uh, 35, 40 years. Um, and how low the bar seems to be uh, for action on on items like this. Um, but uh, this is from the the presidential address, uh, the first hundred days address that uh, Biden gave to Congress uh, the other day, um, April twenty eighth, so two days ago. Um, and just uh, just understand how low the bar is, and, and I'll comment after after we watch this clip, but. Um, this is this is Biden talking about his infrastructure plan, the American Jobs Plan, which is basically an infrastructure bill. Um, and and to be fair to to Biden, and I and I think he's a horrible president already for a myriad of other reasons. Um, but the the infrastructure stuff is good. It's woefully woefully inadequate, but it's at least a step in the right direction on on something that's very troubling in our society which is yeah. that our infrastructure is crumbling around us um and then, and then this, my constant pushes for jobs plan which right. is important and good right again woefully inadequate but sure yeah um and then you know the stat that he's going to read off is horrifying to me um so we'll, we'll just go ahead so this is the largest jobs plan since world war ii Ah! Creates jobs to upgrade our transportation infrastructure. Jobs modernizing our roads, bridges, highways. Jobs building ports and airports, rail corridors, transit lines. It's clean water. And today, up to 10 million homes in America and more than 400,000 schools and childcare centers have pipes with lead in them, including drinking water. A clear and present danger to our children's health. American Jobs Plan creates jobs replacing 100% of the nation's lead pipes and service lines so every American can drink clean water. Midwest about to get torn up. <laughs> no shit. Um, so again, I think this is a good thing. I would like to see mm. 100% of all the lead pipes removed from America. Um, but the the low bar that's being crossed here, that this deserves a standing over it. Lead pipes were banned. I looked this up uh, because my, my estimation when I was shitposting about this on the Instagram uh, was about 40 years that lead pipes have been banned from domestic use. Uh, so these are. Is it closer to like sixteen? Uh, no, no. I was I was pretty on the money. It was actually yeah. uh, 1986 is when they were banned. It was during Jesus. Reagan. So you have to think. Ooh. You have to think that we've we've had Reagan, 
old Bush, Clinton, new Bush, Obama, and Trump, and now Biden for presidents. And this is the first time anything substantive is even being like put forward in an actionable way to fix this problem. Well, no, hold on, hold on, because because Obama did do uh, a lot to fix this problem because he went to Flint and he drank a glass of water. I I was about to yell he at you for that. saying that uh, that Obama did anything to fix this. And I was like, I really hope he's about to make a Flint water joke. Really hope he's about to make a Flint water joke. I don't want to have this kind of this kind of animosity between us. I don't know, man. I think I think he did it. I did. He did what he could. All right. Please stop. He, he knew what was, <laughs> what was politically possible at the time. I don't. Uh, which was drinking tap yeah. water. Yeah. And, and you know, um, if, if you ever, you know what? I'll pull the video up because that video is such a fucking joke. It's terrifying. The audience was. Uh, yeah. The audience is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is Obama drinking the water in Flint, Michigan, also, which uh, still does not have. Do we even know that it was the water? No, we don't. There's nothing very. No. He just has a glass in front of him with water in it, and he uh, no doesn't he look like the water. <laughs> supposedly drinks it um, mm. to to prove that and it's, it's safe. Yeah, to prove yeah. that it's safe. And and if you look pretty carefully, it doesn't look like he actually drinks any of it. No, yeah, it looks like um, a like a sip at the most. So you know, we should watch it. I guess. Yeah. Oh, watch, watch on YouTube. What was going on here? Ads floating around or something. Oh, geez. All right. Here. It's on YouTube. Gosh. All right. Here we go. It is. There you go. You know, generally I have not been doing stunts here, but, you know. And uh, this used uh, a filter. Let's let's go ahead and go back to that. <laughs> doing stunts. I forgot that this used a filter. <laughs> Do you think do you think water actually crossed the threshold of his lips? Probably not. Look, look at that. Good. Look at that. That 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 appears to be his lip line right there, right? And then like the water is just a little bit below. Like it maybe touched his but lips. But also to to be fair, I could also see Obama drinking everything that way. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like something you would do. Yeah, fair um, enough. Um just just he has to chew 37 times with each bite and he needs to. <laughs> no. Well, you see, um, I've properly masticated this piece of animal flesh inside my mouth. <laughs> but, but, but get, yeah, can we play that again just, just to hear what he says immediately after? Oh, yeah, yeah. It is. There you go. You know, generally I have not been doing stunts here, but, you know. And uh, this used uh, a filter. Um, you know, the water around this table, uh, you know, was plant water that was filtered. And this used a filter. Like, yeah. It's such a weird no scientific thing to point out. Is, uh, it's uh, like, if you're it's like filter, he's, he's admitting it there, right? Where right. it's, it's even if it, like, if it is water from Flint, which, you know, quite possibly is, especially since he's not Yeah, especially since he didn't much, actually drink it. <laughs> but, but just the, the fact that he, he had to point out this used a filter, by the way, which is why it doesn't look brown like the shit in your tub. Um, yeah, um, important Jesus. to note that Flint, Flint still doesn't have clean water to this no. very day. Um, mm. And so, again, pretty cool. not something I'm pinning on Joe Biden because he is at least 
attempting to get something done. And I think he is genuinely attempting to get something done about it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just, just the basic idea that this is something that deserves a standing ovation, uh, from, from half of Congress, which, which is also notable that there's apparently some people in Congress that, uh, that, that I, I mean, the 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 reasoning behind the standing ovation on the Democratic side is because oh yes we've got the guy that's doing the thing, and then the, right. the Republican side maybe uh, they just don't want to stand up because uh, it's not that impressive. But I think more what it is is they just can't show support for Joe Biden. Of course. Um, so it's yeah. it's not even that they're like well that's not a big deal we should have done that forever ago. It's like right we're just not going to stand up for Joe Biden because we're it's- opposed. Right. Uh, there's something notable that that I I noticed during the talk, and I think I think that there's a reason for this, but I, I wanted to ask you. Um, but when um, when he mentioned pulling out of Afghanistan, uh, it uh, it the 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 cameras popped over to a general, of course, uh, who was totally non-responsive to it, um, and. Per my knowledge, it is like military policy to not engage like politically in uniform, at least. Right? Yeah. Is that the case? Yeah. Right. So, so do you think he wasn't clapping simply because he's not supposed to clap? Would he ever <laughs> clap for anything? Or is it just because of the fact well, that he's like, I want to get out of Afghanistan? You know, let's let's be clear on how this this actually works, because we've had generals yeah. throw their active generals throw their political, you know, opinions into the mix. Right. And, and when you're, when you're at that level, you can't be seen as anything other than a, than a military official. So that, that rule that uh, service members aren't allowed to engage in politics or show support for certain politics while they're in uniform is more of like uh, keeping certain classes of people in their, in their place. And that's, that's a, that's a, I'm just guessing off of this and based off of a little bit of historical precedent, but that's a, that's an artifact of the Vietnam war, right? I would, yeah, I would, I would I believe so. guarantee so uh, almost yeah, right, right. because, yeah. you know, you had a lot of vets coming back and, and they were, um, you know, some of them still being active duty were, you know, tearing up their uniforms yeah. in the street and throwing their, their medals in the trash cans and lighting them on fire or whatnot. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I would have to look into when yeah. exactly that that uh, that that because right. it's it's not even it's not even a law so much as it is a military order under the yeah. uh, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So I'd have to look into that to to know exactly. But I, I, yeah. I, I would I, I believe hearing that. So I'm just gonna say it's real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I like like I'm saying, I I would fully believe that that's the case. I just would yeah. would want to look into that before I say yes. That's that's exactly right. what it is. And maybe I'll make a post about it later if I look into it. Um, so follow up. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, which, by the way, um, I, I've seen that some people uh, comment on like the SoundCloud, uh, uh, feeds and the YouTube feed every now and then. I think, um. I'm really bad at uh, following up on comments on those because I don't have like my personal uh, electronics really associated with those accounts. Um, so if you if you really want to talk to me about something, the best way is to comment on one of my Instagram posts. Or I'm pretty good at uh, replying to uh, to messages on Instagram as well. Um, but also do do still comment and like and subscribe on the YouTube thing simply so that the algorithm shows. Yeah, for sure, shit, for but- sure. 
but if it's if, if it is something pressing yeah reach out to one of us on probably instagram yeah or through the email and, uh, and i'll try to do my best to, to step it up on the uh the youtube i don't like soundcloud you, interface you at all piece <laughs> of sh- you piece of shit uh but yeah so motherfucker little little aside you don't care about the listener so this is an article i shared uh <laughs> <laughs> the other day, um, which which I think is good, and uh, I'm I'm mostly just going to tell you to read this uh, if you can. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's from the Gray Zone, and the the article is titled "Biden isn't ending the Afghanistan war; he's privatizing it. Special forces, Pentagon contractors, intelligence operatives will remain." Surprise. Yeah. And so, you know, personal anecdote, and I've told this story a couple of times probably, but I'll tell it again briefly. When I was in Afghanistan in 2012, I was attached to uh, BDOC, which is Base Defense Operations Command. Um, During that time, I was standing post on Camp Leatherneck, uh, guarding the perimeter. And when my, my time on BDOC was ending, instead of what we what would normally happen is uh, as a changeover where i would train and and you don't really have to train another marine how to stand post it's mostly like here's that there's that uh you know these these are the protocols we're following right now etc cetera, etc cetera. you can point up at the roof and there's the escalation of force procedures clearly written out for anyone who's on post uh etc uh, what I ended up doing is a changeover with a private military contractor called Triple Canopy, uh, mm, because the best. in 2012 is when Obama was talking about the drawdown, and we were actually uh, my my actual unit that I was attached to was was doing a lot of deconstruction of all of our shops and 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 maintenance uh, maintenance bays and everything uh, because we were supposed to effectively be drawing down to the point where there was no real U.S. military presence over there anymore. Um, what ended up happening is a lot of uh, combat military troops got replaced with private military contractors, and we're going to see the same exact thing happen under Biden because the war in Afghanistan can never end. And one of the important things that uh, this article points out is that. Um, so there's there's a second portion of the article, what Uncle Sam really wants in Afghanistan and. um uh, points out specifically that Enhoff is a is a noted war profiteer. Uh, he's got investment in stocks of uh, leading arms manufacturer Raytheon. Um, I'm not sure which general you were referring to uh, in in Biden's speech. I, I remember, was it a, but... was it a was it a black guy? No, no. Okay. Uh, no. So so Biden's Secretary of Defense is uh, is and I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, but he's uh, <laughs> he used to be a Raytheon executive. Um, oh yeah, we talked about this last week. Yeah, so so he was was a general, became a Raytheon executive, left Raytheon to become Secretary uh, of Defense. Austin. Yeah, there we go, uh, General Austin Lloyd Austin. Um, so we we have multiple people from Raytheon uh, involved in the U.S. government right now. Um, and Inoff isn't necessarily from Raytheon; he just has investments in Raytheon. So, right, a clear conflict of interest. Uh, but but one of the bigger things is that there is a uh, a pipeline uh, that that is being built through Afghanistan right now, what? or has been built, I think, um, an oil pipeline, of course, not not a fun pipeline or a uh, happiness pipeline, but uh, oil. Look, it could, based on what Kamala has said this week, it could be a water pipeline. <laughs> 
true. Yeah. Fair enough. We don't know what the pipeline is. It just happens to link up with uh, oil industries. Um, it's, just, it's just mixing water into oil. <laughs> oh, you're not supposed just, to do that. Oh, man. Somebody should have told them. This, oh, man, this water that mixes like oil, like oil and water. <laughs> also, uh, so I, I just. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just wanted to point out one. Uh, it's kind of a grammatical thing. Uh, but you you mentioned uh, you know leaving your post uh, uh, during BDoc or or leaving BDoc. Right. Uh, what you meant what you meant to say is that uh, you no longer be docking. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we stopped everything. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate you. I really do. Um, I love you, man. <laughs> so uh, I, I recommend now, you now, give now this. Now we're be docking. Yeah. Ooh. Now we be docking. Well, Sorry. I, maybe this is too much information. I can't really dock on my end. Well, well, I can. Yeah. Cool. I got plenty. I got, <laughs> I got <enough> <laughs> Plenty to go around. Literally around. <laughs> uh, we knew this would happen eventually. Yeah. Oh, so anyways read this article uh, uh listener I, I highly recommend it um it's got a lot of good information here it's not too long uh it's a pretty short read probably clear it in like 15 minutes a lot of uh secondary links that you can uh, click on for supporting information um Hell yeah. if you if you think that biden is genuinely ending the war in afghanistan i then you're a stupid poopy. No, let's not be. Well, that's true, but just just you're be critical. Be head. critical of what people are telling you. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Especially when it comes to ending war, because we uh, we will never end war. No. Uh, which speaking right of end hunger, yeah. Uh, Hil- Hillary Clinton and uh, old Condi Rice, Condoleezza mm. Rice, which uh, you'll Hell recognize yeah. from the Bush years. Uh, for for Why the are they uh, calling her Condi Rice, I don't know. It's that is weird. bizarre. I thought that was just you, you fucking around. No, but... no, no, no. Um, and I think she she actually sometimes like in the media went by Condi back in the day. Is she rebranding? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> She's she? Condi B or Condi R. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hold on, Condi B docking. I gotta open yeah. up another one of these these. Yeah, it's this gonna sound it's gonna sound great on the uh, the, the audio. Yeah, it's like a lukewarm oh, one. It's man. so hot in this room right now. This dungeon. I'm gonna a lukewarm one with the the dungeon guys. Um, so Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice told members of the House Foreign Affairs Committee they're worried about President Biden's plan to withdraw all U.S. troops from Afghanistan. With Rice suggesting the U.S. may need to go back, Axios has learned. Uh, why it matters, the cool. position puts two former secretaries of state, one from the Obama and Bush administrations, or from the Obama and Bush, Bush administrations, at odds with one of Biden's most significant foreign policy moves to date. Uh, the new the new president has vowed to complete the withdrawal by September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Uh, U.S. forces were sent to Afghanistan by Rice's then-boss, former President George W. Bush, to destroy havens used by the attacks organizers. So uh, Clinton and Rice offered their reactions during a members-only Zoom call Wednesday, 
Why are is that where you wear members only jackets? Is that what it is? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um it's weird that we have we have former secretaries of state weighing in on these kind of things. Yep. I mean, to like a certain I mean, degree, I can kind of see. Well, no, because neither of these people are from the last administration. So yeah, the, the Bush era was chill, guys. It was fine, and it's not coming back <laughs> it's, in any like notable way. It's coming back. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, um, uh, some some people who were on the call talked about uh, old Hill Dog and Condi Condi B and their position on on Biden's withdrawal. Hillary thinks it's a mistake and Condoleezza Rice says we'll have to go back. Um, why we're still taking uh, these people opinions, um, not even in, in media, but uh, this is the House Foreign Affairs Committee uh, having a meeting and taking the advice of these two people. Always trust consultants. Yeah, trust, trust consultants, uh, especially when uh, one of them you know, oversaw like an illegal eva- invasion in another country. And then the other one also did that. And so, you know, we, we have, we have Condi over here on the right, uh, going into Afghanistan and Iraq. And then Hillary would be, uh, would be Syria. Libya. As, yeah. Libya and Syria. Hell yeah. Double, um, double. Yeah. So two, two for each of them. That's good. Yeah. I mean, probably more. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably more. Uh, that's just what we know about offhand. All right. So my, my final topic that I had queued up, which is uh, we're making pretty good time here. Hell yeah. Uh, is is uh, Bill Gates. Get back to jerking off. Oh, man. I love that guy. Yeah. He's that guy. He's doing he's, the cool stuff and he's helping out the world. He's, and he's saving all, the world. He's, and and this is on just, the same subject just like as, he did with American education. Oh. He fixed that, and we are not suffering oh. through the, the damage uh, of those choices. Sorry, what were you saying? So I was talking about how the media whitewashes uh, certain individuals, and we've gone through a couple of them now. Um, I mean, even Condoleezza Rice yeah. and Hillary Clinton have been whitewashed in some way. Uh, where Bill Gates doesn't need whitewashing. <laughs> He's just the whitest person who's ever lived. Uh, he was the first black president. Hold your tongue, sir. <laughs> Did I still see Bill Clinton? Yeah, you said Bill Clinton. I meant Bill Gates. Oh, okay. Bill Gates is the whitest. Yes, Bill person Gates is the whitest existed. person, yeah. and we'll see. We'll see it in yeah. his uh, his mannerisms here. Uh, but and his sweaters. Um, <laughs> so the the headline for this video is Bill Gates under fire for saying vaccine formulas shouldn't be shared with developing world. Fuck um, yeah, Willie G. <laughs> yeah, Bill Gates is short for William. Willie, Will, William. I don't know. I don't have a joke. Gates, but spelled like uh, Matt but, Gates. Oh yeah. Will, Will, William Gates. I was gonna make a uh, maybe homophobic joke, but. Oh man! <laughs> Cancelled. Oh, nobody's gonna be on the podcast. <laughs> we're just replaced with a cat napping yeah. on, a, on a keyboard. Yeah. The 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 cat kitty napping dungeon. Mm, uh, so dungeon. this this interview, uh, Bill Gates is going to lie, and I'll tell you what the lie is after we watch it. Some speculation that the changing intellectual property rules um, and, and allowing these vaccines, as you say, the, the, the recipe for these vaccines to be shared would be helpful. And do you think that would be helpful? No. Why not? 
Well, there's only so many vaccine factories in the world and people are very serious about the safety. I'm just going to go ahead and nitpick here because this guy is a uh, uh, self-professed like healthcare expert um, and and is running everything expert. He's an everything expert. He's a very genius person. Um, Vaccine factories. Is that is that how you say it? There are factories involved um, in this, mm. you know, uh, but also, uh, no, I'll, I'll save it because I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, but go on. That's, that's not the right terminology is all I'm getting at. I worked in, right. uh, I worked in the pharmaceutical world. Uh, it's probably mostly laboratory. Yeah, that's, but, that's uh, what, what I would call it as a laboratory. Uh, vaccine producing facility is like the closest thing I would get away from or get to the term right. factory. Yeah. Um, just a really bad, like, and, and and I'm nitpicking because again, this person claims to be some kind of like leading expert on uh, public health and, and a, even worldwide health as he's making these decisions that are impacting worldwide health. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about why he's in charge of that because it's not, that he's good at health uh but uh we'll we'll watch this uh we'll watch this interview so bill gates is saying there's only so many vaccine factories serious about the safety of vaccines and so moving something that had never been done moving a vaccine from say a uh and j factory into a factory in india that it's novel. It's only because of our grants and our expertise that can happen at all. The the thing that's holding things back in this case is not intellectual property. There's not like some idle vaccine factory with regulatory approval that makes magically safe there vaccines. Are. By the way. Yes, let's let's keep are. let's keep going. Yeah, okay. he, he's wrong on everything he's saying yeah. here. Uh, you know, you've got to do the trials on these things and every manufacturing process has to be looked at in a in a very uh careful way yes what a terrible genius, old woman genius shit there <laughs> what a terrible old woman <laughs> like, you're talking about the interview and i was like oh i think she no. seems fine oh oh you're talking <laughs> about bill gates <laughs> um so the good He's thing very masculine <laughs> the good thing about the the pharmaceutical industry is that it, it has a lot of very moneyed interests and whenever you have a lot of very moneyed interests you have a lot of people uh who are who are tracking all this as investment prospects and whatnot right um, mm. So, so this is from Business Wire, Indian vaccine market report and forecast. Uh, it was written in 2017, and you'll you'll notice that the first two words there are Indian vaccine, followed up by market. Mm. So, 2017, uh, COVID 19 appeared. What year? T- 2019. 19. Okay, cool. Yep. So this is two years before that. Um, it turns out that uh, over the years, India has emerged as one of the leading manufacturers of vaccines worldwide. So when Bill Gates says something that he should know as a lie, as somebody who has money invested in this industry and claims to be some kind of leading expert on public health policy, he should know that India is a leading producer of vaccines for the world. So the idea that that shifting 
he says J and J. He's talking about Johnson and Johnson shifting the manufacturing of a vaccine from a Johnson and Johnson vaccine factory to a factory in India uh, as a novel thing that's only capable of happening because of his expertise or our expertise. He says and our grants is patently fucking untrue fucking untrue and 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 just a blatant fucking lie and and right now india is in like a crisis and uh you know um i I think it's the the astrazeneca vaccine is available for manufacture in india but the or no it's it's johnson and johnson is available for manufacture in india but astrazeneca is i forget which one it is not Mm -hmm. not really the point that matters here but but he's withholding some of his intellectual property so that india can't produce these vaccines on their own while they're in the middle of like a massive massive spike and to be fair the massive spike is because modi sucks not 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 bill gates's fault but he is contributing to it in a very real way by holding on to his intellectual property and saying there's not just an idle factory sitting around that's waiting for us to give them the the ability to make these vaccines well there are and uh you know he's, he talks about how you know uh you you have to look at the manufacturing process in a very uh careful way he says uh india is making most of the vaccines in the world um so uh in Look, india 70 percent of bill, the vaccine go ahead he needs the money <laughs> right yeah he uh he needs the money he's he's hurting uh so india exports around 70 percent of the vaccines that they make um th- these are general vaccines for uh let's that's got a list down here uh bcg hib influenza varicella typhoid japanese encephalitis encephalitis measles tetanus toxoid hepatitis a blah 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 there's a bunch of them um so india is the primary manufacturer for the world it turns out that uh 50 of uh global demand for various vaccines uh 40 of generic demand in the u.s and 25 percent of all uh, medicine in the uk is provided by india this is a country that has a very strong pharmaceutical industry in it. And when I, when I heard Bill Gates talking about this, and, and again, I, I have the background of having worked for a pharmaceutical company. I, I remembered that most of our R and D staff was from India. And so I was like, wait a second. I remember we had like a, a shit ton of, <laughs> of Indian uh biological like chemists and and regular chemists and they were all like really really knowledgeable and everything they were doing i obviously don't know enough about chemistry to say how good they were but you know they they would explain very complex things to me all the time and i was like man this guy's a fucking genius in, in the world of chemistry um but all that aside um you know <laughs> To, to have somebody like Bill Gates say that uh, it's it's novel that that vaccines are being made in India when before this this crisis hit, fifty percent of uh, vaccines were being made in India is uh, just an evil lie. It's an evil lie. It, it is it is yeah. actual evil. Um, another statistic uh, is that. Uh, see uh india has exported more than 66 uh, million doses of covid19 vaccines to 95 countries around the world 
Um, so, you know, this whole time India has been exporting their vaccine, um, might have maybe been better for them to hold on to it in some ways. I don't know. They're, they are in a crisis right now. Um, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, but just, you know, and important things to know that India has contributed to the, the world, uh, quite a lot in the way of, uh, COVID vaccines. And then to have somebody like Bill Gates, who is a billionaire, uh, say, no, 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 you're not capable of making this vaccine or you're not allowed to have the intellectual property rights because we don't trust you to make the vaccine is, uh, and, and he references the, the Johnson and Johnson, uh, uh uh vaccine which you you might recall millions of them had to be recalled because Johnson and Johnson fucked it up well i mean to be to be fair that's the Johnson Johnson vaccine has affected um what i think oh, is no, like no 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 i'm not i'm not i'm not talking about the blood clotting thing but, i'm talking about the there was there was an actual um cross contamination no, no, i did hear about this right right yeah there right. was a cross this never made it to the public because the fda stepped in uh but there was an actual cross contamination with with like millions of vaccines that were produced and never delivered and they right. basically just had to be trashed um, which, yeah. as a quick aside, I've had lots of libertarians tell me that the FDA doesn't need to exist. And I promise mm-hmm. you, I promise you, as somebody who worked in the pharmaceutical industry, if pharmaceutical companies could get away with it, they would sell you fucking poison. They would yeah. absolutely fucking sell you poison. And I don't mean it yeah. in like a the vaccine Sometimes is poison sort of way. I mean, they would like just put snake snake oil in a fucking pill capsule and tell you to take it. Yeah. Man, this this shit is uh, this is almost as bad as Microsoft Edge. <laughs> you know, like, this is pretty bad. Similar crimes against humanity. Yeah. <laughs> um. So when we when we talk about Bill Gates and his uh, his his interests in oh, you want to explore this further? Yeah, just a little bit. Um. Did you did you get what I? Yeah, explore Internet Explorer. Open, I get open, it. Open up the window. And- yep. Some it's so fucking hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, yeah. I feel like I have like a visible glisten. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you're always glisten though. It's I mean that's a big thing in, with like uh, uh, with like makeup right now is women who like want to have like a glisten. Really? You know, with the yeah, that's apparently a thing, and uh, it makes me feel good for having like real mixed skin. Because my, you know, I'm real dry mostly, but mm. my my head and nose kind of get a little oily, and now I feel really hot. I feel sexy. <laughs> so what you want to do is you want to glisten. Yeah, we have we out here we about. out here sweating. <laughs> All right, go on. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, again, when the when Melinda we, Gates Foundation, <laughs> when we when we talk about things like the pharmaceutical industry, we we have the benefit of having all these uh, these people who are interested in investing in it, and so they they're really tracking all this money and everything. Um, so this is an article from the Motley Fool. I'm not endorsing any of the uh, ideology that's going on in this article, but it does have a lot of really good information on the money that's behind uh, Bill Gates's. Uh, uh, intellectual property um dogmatism i guess um and that's that the uh the bill and melinda gates foundation has quite a lot of money put into um uh, pharmaceutical companies 
so this article starts out. Nobody, no one has to tell Bill Gates to put his money where his mouth is. The billionaire Microsoft co-founder and his wife, Melinda, have been vocal proponents of fighting infectious diseases for decades. They've donated over $45 billion to charitable organizations since 1994, with much of that amount going to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Gates Foundation has been instrumental this year in funding coronavirus vaccine programs, but the foundation hasn't just handed money over to drug makers, it's also invested in a few of them. Here are four coronavirus vaccine stocks that the Gates Foundation is betting on. Pfizer is the first one that they, they note. Um, the Gates Foundation also owns shares of the big drug maker. Uh, Pfizer. Um, however, this initiative or this wasn't initiated because of Pfizer's coronavirus program. Actually, the foundation first bought a stake in Pfizer back in 2002. Um, and, and basically, you know, they're, they're just trying to profit off of their investment in Pfizer and they're trying to clean it up by saying it's not because of coronavirus. It's because they could make money off of pharmaceuticals before coronavirus. Um, BioNTech, also something that uh, the Gates Foundation first bought a position in BioNTech in September, well before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, invested $55 million in the biotech with the potential for total funding to reach $100 million. Um, and the foundation's goal with this investment was to work with BioNTech to develop vaccines, etc. Um, so basically, you know, they're, they're invested in all of these different... Uh, uh, vaccine producers and, you know, holding on to the intellectual property the way they are. They're making sure that their investments are returned, etc. cetera. Um, and that's disgusting. And Bill Clinton or Bill Clinton, <laughs> Bill Clinton does suck. Uh, Bill Gates also sucks. You. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, uh, that's, that's all I had for us today, I think, which, which is good. Cause we're almost, uh, we're at a hour 50 now. <sighs> Yeah. Fuck this. I'm not coming back. I mean, you're not gonna let me come back anyway. Yeah, you're canceled. Things. I'm actually canceled. Next week. That's true. Uh, uh, Benzo kitten dungeon. <laughs> yeah. At depths of Wikipedia, next week we'll be talking to a kitten uh, that is sleeping. We will. We will try oh, to yeah. find a cute kitten. Um, you have one. Yeah, but like, I'm on like an actual kitten. She's she's a full grown cat. She doesn't look like it. Yeah, she's a little sweetie. Yeah. I like cats. You guys like cats? <laughs> you guys listener, like cats? If, if the listener likes cats, let us know. Let us know if you like cats. Um, so let's go ahead and do some... Uh, oh, excuse me. This, uh, this Coors Banquet is just hitting the wrong spots. It's just so filling. Yeah, it's uh, it's very heavy. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, you want to do any plugs? Um, um, yeah. Um, so we, uh, we started up the asynchronous seminar on ideology in the, uh, uh, for the forum. You can pop into that uh, by going again to the Patreon uh, for the workshop, patreon.com slash truncata, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A. Um, and also at the end of this month, May... 29th, I think, uh, the last Saturday of the month, we're going to have an open workshop uh, that anyone can get in on. 
we're still deciding on the theme, uh, but uh, yep, you're invited, and I hope that I see you there. We'll uh, update you. Cool. Uh, and then for myself, uh, I would just like to let the listener know uh, that uh, you can email us a question at uh, benzorehabquestions at gmail.com. Uh, I have been checking it before our recordings, and, and sadly, the last question I got was uh, whether or not I wanted a larger uh, penis. Um, so, Do you? Uh, n- no, I don't want any penis at all, actually. I think it's uh, it's not really doing anything for me. They're messy. They are messy. You know? I don't know. Good time I mean, to s- sign off. People are weird about that. <laughs> all right, bye! <laughs> Hey, uh, if you've uh, if you've listened to this whole thing, we uh, thank you very much for listening. We love you. Please yeah. take your medicine. Uh, please take mine too. <laughs>